I don't know if it was just last week, but I seem to say I'm a lot less than I used to. It's the amphetamines. So we have audience participation for this week. We have a tweet. (laughs) That counts, that counts. Where shall we begin with this week's music? Maybe we should begin with with, um, possibly the most accurate 240 character review of an album that we've ever had thrown our way. Uh, which is from a friend of the pod, Ace McWicked, for the uh, your album of this week, which was um, the Crystal Methods, the Trip Out, which was if uh, if if was it two years ago that they did the trip the yeah, trip home two years ago trip home so the was, trip home so, was, was much more of a kind of a, a stylized night that ended with staggering home and, and passing out generally meandering into the yes. into the early morning by the you know the and uh, he added us and let us know that you know if the trip home is the long walk back or drive back from the after party the trip out is sitting on the toilet in the club realising you shouldn't have double dropped um, we assume he means pills folks not <laughs> not kids off to the pool yeah it's important to have a lot of fibre so that you can drop enough to the pool there's a, there's a couple of things here I'm. I would love to know why you did this backwards. Why the trip home before the trip out? Or did he enjoy the experience of doing the trip home so much that he went back and and? Um, so you see this is you see this is the prequel. Yeah, I absolutely see this. See, I think it's. Just, like, I see it like like Dan, like as like does. It's a different night entirely, and one that ends. Yeah, yeah. That's like this. This is this is way. not the way I. It's a bit more... It's far more ragged and you might be on different shit. So, okay, I found this this album really, really interesting. And the way I sort of ended up with it in my mind was this was like going to one of those super clubs with every floor has a different DJ. And... (laughs) Sorry, I missed that. Um... Every floor has a different DJ, and every DJ has their different style, but they're all playing Crystal Method albums. You know, they're all remixing Crystal Method because this had oh, yeah. this had Crystal Method all the way through it, right? Yeah, it, every it song felt like Crystal Method, but it was in slightly different genres of, of death music or electronic music. Yeah, that's 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 the way. Like some of it had some big stonking guitar riffs. Yeah, right? some and some I, of it and, felt and, Prodigy, some of it felt Chemical Brothers, some of it yep. felt you know. Also, Chemical Brothers, but sadder. You know, it was. But the, but there was a, a a slight, and that's what I sort of felt like he was working his way through this super club, right? Where every it was Crystal Method night, but you had all these different tweaks on the Crystal Method. Um, I I, I really enjoyed this album. I, it, it, that's because it, it, it felt sad. like it felt like the hybrid of a Crystal of a Chemical Brothers and a Prodigy album for about 1999. It was exactly yeah. your areas. It was. Big day out boiler room areas. It was perfectly pitched. Yeah. Well, I was like, I'm like, what's the what's the comp for this album? And I'm like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. It's old Crystal Method. <laughs> like, yes. the, the comp for this the shit comp- is shit that was good when, 20 years ago when we were relevant. So this is, you know, essentially like a. It's not too far from, like. Uh, it's not too I far from peak, whether, is it? This is kind of no. Yeah. You talk now. Put yeah, words in microphone. Just, I, I don't know whether I like the Crystal Method as much as I like the Prodigy originally, or I think I would feel the same way 
I do about the day is my enemy. Um, I couldn't help but feel it felt like a pastiche of the of of the British. Um, what's the term that they use for the for those sorts of bands? Big beat dance bands. Yeah. I kind of, and I do but kind of. Because, but it's difficult because you're kind of um, culturally predisposed to see the American EDM as being me too and following on me too in terms of following on from mm. shit that was originally thought up in Britain and in the clubs of the warmer parts of the Mediterranean, generally by British DJs. Um, yeah. But I wonder how much of that is kind of <laughs> kind of dance music colonialism uh, that the Americans can't come up with shit. But having listened but to the, what the Americans the thing, come up with, they can't come up with shit. But the thing was, right, in period, what, what was his, like, he was early 90s originally, or the band, because it was originally a band. Um, like he I think, I think ju- people would struggle to remember anything that wasn't Kaji Triple I voted. Yeah, I in guess t- so. In terms of I'm genuine, more- the, the, the Crystal Method never really had popular cut through to the extent that the Prodigy and – I mean, they never had charting hits the way that – at least in Australia and New Zealand, the way that the Prodigy and, and, the, and the Chemical Brothers and Groove Armada and fucking Fatboy Slim and Basement Jacks and, you know, whoever else you want to name – uh, they yeah. never really had charting hits apart from that big crossover hit with Filter, which is odd because Filter were jet- probably more uh, as much an electronic band as they were. They were just louder and angry about their dad. I was more talking in terms of the in the club scene. They were probably just as big as you know Fatboy Slim and the Chemical Brothers and some of those British guys in, in I the absolutely club scene. No, the- because yeah, I'm from the country. <laughs> uh, I should have found out. I probably could have asked someone that. Who, who was in the club scene in the, in the mid to late nineties? But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to like Barcelona. Vegas was probably their biggest album. That was ninety seven. Trip like I do. High Roller coming back. Yeah, see, like I would probably know these songs if I listened to them, but mm. I don't know whether I could have named them off the top of my head like I could a Chemical Brothers song or or a Prodigy song. So, but I yes, would I'd- also reckon that they probably sounded a lot like Americans doing. A little bit like, so the Beatles and the Stones were British kids doing American R&B and then selling it back to them. That's probably what the the, the Chemical Brothers felt like. You know, they were kind of selling selling the rest of the world British um, club music in the same sort of context. And I I guess the, you know, if I went out to Vanessa and said Chemical Brothers or Prodigy or... Porter said, like, those are names she recognised. And I just went, oh, you'd really like the album we did this week. It was the the new one by The Crystal Method. And was, she just looked, It was warm douche. And she just looked at me blankly, like, who are The Crystal Method? So that sort of proves you that, that sort of proves your point. Yeah, they, they don't have the same name brand recognition. And they also didn't, they weren't, like, I can't remember a big day out they played. You know, they didn't have the same kind of crossover Triple J... Uh, presence that would mean that they resonated with the generation of Australian Gen X people that we came from. Mm. Yeah, definitely more a club band, I think, than a festival. I just think that, I just think the the Atlantic and the Pacific are very large, and I think that they um they didn't uh trans- didn't, they cross didn't cross it quite the same way as yeah. as the the British the British bands did. We tended to look to Britain for that kind of music, mm. which is fair enough because Still- the, the entire history of that music comes from Britain. And from still, places where Brits go on holiday. Still going on my shortlist, though. Really had a great, great, great time. 
If it's I a, double dropped, if I double dropped for this album, I double dropped yeah, some real good yeah. shit. Plop, plop. I hope you flush twice. <laughs> no, it feels it right. feels like it feels like a peak big beat club album from the late nineties, early two thousands, which is not in any way shade. It is entirely positive. Yeah, and and a lot of the American EDM bands could probably go and inject this into their veins well, and try and get, try and get more of a beat into their songs. That's entirely why it's not meant as shade. It's meant as, as, as positive reinforcement because how few American EDM bands, EDM acts actually sound like that. Yeah. They, they yeah, are dribbling piss. They are horrible. And the Crystal Method, there, there is the some, Crystal Method doing is- fucking... 1999 cosplay is still better than anything Steve Aoki fucking does. There's some big fucking big sounds in this album, like big beats, big, you know, big riffs, big yeah. ambitious ideas, I reckon. And not all the same shit too. They they try no. – it's all been done before, but they haven't done it yeah. before, or at least they haven't done it in 2022 before. It hasn't been done for yeah. a bit. They certainly weren't doing it on their last album. Uh, I would be fascinated to be in a certain state of mind and listen to this and then the trip home and see whether that works. See whether it syncs up. I don't think it does. I think they're two separate nights. Yeah, I think I actually think there's I think there's an album that needs to go in between. I what, think there's like going another to work, an, talking to your friends about No, no, you know, I your think big night like, out and then what you're going to do next weekend because I think these are separate weekends. Um, I don't I, think, I think you could. Like, I don't think you know, could back to back these nights. I think these these two nights back to back would fucking end you. <laughs> I, I know, the third I know album would just be dead that, silence, that John Cage style. Absolutely back to back this, and would think it was fucking awesome. Um, you're forty four years old. You're not backing to back shit. You're going to get to nine o'clock. Like you get to track three on the trip out, mm-hmm. and you'll be like, oh, "I've got fucking training in the morning. I need to go to bed." Yeah. And you'd be done. That'd be the yeah, end of you. That's what. Ba-bow. That's why I try and I try and start this podcast at five thirty in the afternoon, yes. so I can be in bed by half past seven. <laughs> oh dear, that's that's that pretty much lays it up. All right. Just to cut back into our sports podcast, Adam is taking a victory lap because he didn't pick Utah in, in the Bulls podcast draft. And oh my god, I would like to point out that. <laughs> It's a regular season draft competition, you enormous flute. And that's like, just ignore that I took the Lakers. Uh, anyway, this, is, this might be the after dark for the sports podcast. No, we'll, we'll just keep it to the music podcast. If you don't listen to both, you're missing out. This, this, is, this is a teaser. Sometimes we just get upset at people that we know about their bad takes. Okay, explain warm douche to me. Well, when your boy, um, uh, your boy, my boy, um, Dan said the trip out is like sitting on the club realising you shouldn't have double dropped. And I said, well, warm douche is that, but it's in 1977 and the toilets are in the Everett Studio 54. When you've taken far too many drugs and you feel sleazy as shit, you've been up for three nights. You've been on an absolute bender. You're strung out as fuck. You've got a, a gun and three bags of, of cocaine in your pocket and you're trying to score whatever it is you're trying to score. That is the essence of this album. It is yeah. extremely weird and sleazy and ext- very heavily affected by powdered condiments. <laughs> and like last week when we said this is either going to be fun or upsetting, it was both. Oh, both. It, uh, and, and, and that's like this is exactly what was promised. 
So, um, and I love, I really like this album because it was disgusting. My notes for this were... It made me laugh like a train. Uh, this is incoherent, but I like it. Well, um, the more I listened to it, the more it made sense. Like, the first time I listened to it, it was like, what the uh-huh. fuck was that? The second time I listened to it, it was like, oh, I think I see patterns. And, and I'm, I'm scared to listen to it for a fourth time because... I might like it, and I don't want to like it because it feels like the kind of thing that if I like, I'll end up with a really debilitating social habit that will cost me my life and my marriage and, and most of my fortune. If you were a sampling DJ, you would love this album. There is so much in here, so much good shit, and it bounces around all over the place. You have weird little eddies and side yeah. it's it's almost like going on a hike and it's like oh look over there i'm gonna go yeah. and have a look at this no look over here i'll go and look at this but on drugs <laughs> it's, it's, lots of drugs so many drugs. lots and lots and so this many disgusting Las Vegas 70s fucking... riffs just so much yeah. filth just big dirty fucking 70s funk and soul and disco riffs um they've captured they definitely were going for a were going for a feel rather than a sound and they've definitely captured yeah. the feel. You know, kind of fat, sweaty, strung out, fucking coke dealing club dude. You know, the, the the protagonist of all of the songs in this album. You can picture the dude. You know who that guy is. You can really, yeah. you can really kind of. Well, you can really feel that. You know, you can see the sweat coming out. The kind of the cocaine scented sweat coming out of his pores. Um, it's <laughs> it's gloriously is, gross. This is. This is absolutely um, a, a spiritual successor to one of my favourite albums of all time, which is Pornland. Yeah, album. it's a cross between Pornland and Electric Six because it's yes. pl- it's it's yes. got the, it's got the weird, yeah. up slightly upsetting sleaze of Electric Six and the yeah. the kind of the graphically dirty, sexually funky. obsessed funk of Pornland. Yeah. Yeah, that I was. Um, want... I enjoyed this album, but I feel, I feel like I'm I'm disappointed in myself that I enjoyed it. I'm disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in the listeners. I feel like I need a shower. I feel like I need a chemical bleach. The thing that you suggested people do with their butts, I'd like all like a whole body version of that to clean me up from this album. I'm going to turn out looking like the Blue Man Group have gone fucking albino. It's just so hard to describe. I don't... I, I, I think if you've like, heard the first Electric Six I, album, I think you'll get it. It's just fucking weird and gross and hilarious and fun. Yeah. And and drugs. So, our our Joker album. Our Joker album. Our kind of undiscovered masterpiece, I suppose we categorise these as. Kind of the album that well, we never the, actually heard one. to in past. Well, okay, so so I've I've definitely heard Work It Out before. Yeah, I've heard Work It Out and Play Some D because I was trying to remember it in order to find it for for outro music for Sports Anthem about two weeks ago. But this album, how did did this slip me by? It's a good album, isn't it? This is. You know what? What I question is how did the rest, how did this album slip the rest of the world by? Because it seems like Australia is the only market where these guys actually got traction. I mean, this was. Um, an American kid, as we said last week, um, John Spencer's kid sister, Muffin. Muffin moved, was obsessed with the UK, always wanted to move there, was obsessed with the bands of, like, the Britpop acts and bands of, of the Manchester scene. Moved there. By the time she got there, that was all dead. 
but she recruited a whole bunch of musicians and they got into fucking, you know, um, old school hip hop and all that sort of stuff. And they released this. This feels like at least five to ten years ahead of its time. This album, this well, album would have well, I... banged in tw- 2005, 2010. It's just only oh, because Triple J had that kind of, had cultivated that kind of alternative audience. It was much more receptive to it in a way that the rest of the world probably wasn't. If this album had come out the last three years, it would have been album of the year for any of those years. This is like the kills. It's kind of timeless, by, isn't it? This is like the kills produced by DJ Format. If Format produced a kills album, this is what it would sound like, I reckon. Like, there's some big, lovely guitar stuff in here and some awesome drumming, but then there's, I think it's too positive you know, for a kills album because this is yeah, it's just incredible. It's just Relentlessly yes. upbeat, and I think I'd, I'd said last week that it was I was expecting something a little bit kind of somewhere between Blues Explosion and Beastie Boys, and I, and not to pat myself on the back, but that's kind of where we ended up. It did feel a little bit kind of maybe LA era Beastie Boys versus Blues Explosion riffs because it's got that kind of buoyant energy and that kind of swagger to it and that arrogance, but also it's just got fucking slamming beats and sort of self-propelling riffs to it it's it's just a it's just a fucking the saddest part is that they didn't really get anywhere with this like they did a second album it didn't really get anywhere and and it seems that Muff and Spencer basically chucked the music game in and just fucked off to become a mum and it's just it's know, just frustrating got out the game come on do a prodigy come back come back and show us what you got well, well I saw, like, I saw it, an interview with her because the, because as I say one of the one of the places that were most popular was here um, somebody, somebody on the Triple J website did an interview with her for when they did the tr- the hottest 100 of 2000. Um, you know how they did those retrospectives every like so. What that would be like two years ago, they would have done the, the hottest 100 of 2000. They would have replayed it. They did an interview with her and sort of talked about her experiences. And basically, she's like, you know, I'm at the game, but you know, if if the rest of the band want to get back together again, you know, I'd do that, but. The last time they played together was 2003, and she got straight out the game after that. So. Yeah. Just just an absolute... <sighs> well, again, it's as promised. Absolute it was, joy. It, like, like, like you said, it was like somebody had, like, a, a street crack dealer had described it as like, do you want some of this? you want some of this fucking blues yeah. explosion slash hip-hop and all that sort of stuff? And it's exactly what, what you'd expect it to be. <clears throat> Yeah, and then when you take it, it's like the most purest, pure of the version that you can mm. possibly like. There's no, uh, there's no disappointing track in this album. Yeah. <laughs> That's what grabbed me the second time I listened to it. It was like, like uh, th- there's always some tracks that are better than others, but there's no, there's no lull. There's no, no real dead spots in this album. Um, yeah, fuck, what a cracking album. Who wins the week though? Do you? I, I think you do. Okay. I think Warm Dusher is is a really good album, but I think Crystal, uh, the Crystal Method is a more coherent album. I think I think we need a different award this year that we're going to have to think up just to give to Warm Dusher <laughs> because I don't think it'll be in my top five, but it needs some sort of recognition at the end of the Weirdest year. concept. <laughs> All right. For my new album, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go a band we did last year or the year before. Oh, damn, I can't do that. It's a fucking live album. What a motherfucking pain in the ass. God damn it. What was it? 
It was the Devil, Delvin Lamar organ oh, trio. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I seem to be getting a lot of their gear in my uh, yeah. in my intray. Um, we'll we'll save that one for later in the, and all kinds of stuff. Later in the year for a Joker. Have I done the Alien album yet this year? Alien. I think I think I did. Oh, Without weaponry. No, 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 no. You're going to have to go. I'm going to have to figure something else out. What a pain in the ass! I'd really wanted to do that one. Uh, a bunch of a British brats called uh, Panic Shack is who I'm going to go for. Possibly similar energy to um, Brassy, just updated for 2022. And a few beats. Hmm. That's really that's really fucked me up now. <laughs> All right, for my actual album. He had all week to prepare this, folks. Ah, oh, for some reason I didn't look at the at the at the um at the the name of the album. I listened to a few songs and I should have fucking tweaked that it was a. All right, I'm going to go Swedish House Mafia for the um for my album of the week. Paradise again is the name of the album. So you're putting your faith in American fucking DDM again. What could possibly go wrong? Lots. Literally everything. And should we dip back into the uh, industrial complex of King Gizzard and have a listen to the to the new one as a Joker? Goes for an hour twenty. Mm. Really? Wow, yep. that's that's a yeah, that's a commitment. I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying understand your commitments before you commit to them. Well, it was that or Daniel and, Johns, and so. it will sound like. Why are you so bad at picking fucking Joker albums? Literally, there were like eight albums that dropped this week. Then I'm like, uh-huh, which one do I take? And you're going, well, okay. well, no, 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 the no. pink. Uh, should I pick some absolute dog shit or some massive wank? <laughs> All right, pick pick me a Joker. I've been completely thrown off. Pick me, pick redeem redeem the week. Zarface. Zarface. <laughs> I got a new one. Uh, awesome. That sounds fantastic. For, for obvious reasons, no um, no MF Doom because uh, yeah. he was unavailable at the time of recording. So I don't well, know. Fascinating, uh, yeah, to see. To see I, I don't know what, what extent of having somebody who can actually rap on the beat might actually improve the, <laughs> improve the album. Music, 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 music. Hello, Edit Shed. Uh, after all that ranting about how bad Bezos is picky albums. Uh, turns out I've picked an EP. So we might uh, rewind that pick. And we might go for the uh, new one by Melbourne-based Kiwis, Baker's Eddie. Back to whatever this thing is supposed to be. Music, 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 music. Oh, dear. All right. Well, that was a disappointing end to the podcast from me. But what's new? That's pretty much how it always ends. All right, thank you, Doc. That was a good week. That we've had a couple of solid. We're back. We're back like, to back two really know, good weeks. Yeah, well, let's start hope we to can finish weeks now. this year. But I don't think we are. I think, I think <laughs> it's going to go well. I think. Well, I've no idea what Swedish House uh, Mafia do, but um, I'm pretty confident. No, I, it, it did come up in uh, the single. Did come up in my Discover Weekly, so. Um, that doesn't mean that, that might be the high point. And I have an inherent shit. distrust of American EDM, so as we've yeah. discussed earlier in this episode, so uh, mm. it'll be interesting to kind of see whether they've learned anything or whether they just do generic horrible shit. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Thanks, Doc. I'll catch you on the flip side. Cheer, bro. See ya. Sorry, I got a house full of kids tonight. I didn't pick any of that up. Oh, I got. I had a dog bark like through. seven times during the previous episode. So. Kids barging through the door demanding ice cream cones. So. Go. I had the best to go. Fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm like waving at them. Go away. I'm recording. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Doc. I'll throw this up now. Uh. <laughs> See ya. You did double drop. I will double drop. It's true. Oh man, catch you later.